One Week Season. Once again, and welcome to the week seven edition of the OWS Week in Review Show. I am your host, Todd Burroughs. And are you ready for it? Are you really ready to see if I can top last week's intro? Well, my partner this week is a man who lately has been to more funerals than he has played lineups, Mark Garcia, a.k.a. Hilo. And we will review our processes and advice for the week and see if there is room for improvement. And now, let me bring in a man for whom the term single entry has more than one meaning, Mark Garcia. Mark, how are you? <laughs> What's up, man? I just realized while you were going through that, that like it probably sounds pretty weird when I tell you, hey, I got a funeral at X. Dude, and I don't three know. times in the last week. I'm going to be late. I have a funeral. And I'm like, is this a Navy thing? Yeah. Or, so is, or, or is Mark like a serial killer? Yeah, like the losing, <laughs> the losing's getting to him. And, you know, he, he's like uh, Dexter, right? Yeah. I just like going to funerals. So I just create situations. <laughs> I hope it is a Navy thing and like your friends at 30 years old are not like dropping like flies. Yeah. So, yeah, for, for all the listeners, I on uh, early weeks, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesdays, I um, typically through the Navy have funerals where I, I'm part of the basically the Valley of Phoenix, greater metro area Navy funeral honors detail through the reserve. So that's another job. That's another job, yeah. Oh man! So now you really are—you really do have more jobs than lineups. Yeah. So I do that um, as a way to give back. I—it's very rewarding. Um, I do get paid for it, so it's not like I'm just like uber volunteering. But um, it's it's hence, a very hence the term job. Yeah, it's a very rewarding way to stay involved with the community and and give back a little bit. So uh, yeah, I do that. I kind of sought out that and applied for that and and got that here. Not too long ago. That's cool. Well, I knew it was risky because I didn't ask you why all the funerals. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I just hope when I do this intro, it's not a spate of. Uh, but I, I did like the uh, the man who uh, the term single entry has more than one meaning. Yeah, I was on mute, but I was cracking up. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I miss I wanted to hear the laugh. You got uh, to you let everyone hear the laugh, man. I usually go on mute when you're doing the intro, so I don't like. Fart oh no! Don't do that. You got to be there. <laughs> yeah. You got to be there. You know, uh, it, it's like uh, you know, what is the sound of one hand clapping? You know, if a if a bear makes a pun in the wilderness and no one sees yeah, it, right? did a tree fall down? <laughs> Does but, the Pope shit in the woods? I, I uh, with a bear. Yeah. Does right? a one-armed bear swim in circles? I would guess yes. There you go. I can't bear to think about it. <laughs> All right, Mark. Ready for another week of unpacking. This was an odd week where we had a lot of high total teams, but most of them were in blowouts. What were the key thoughts on how to handle such a week? 
Yeah, so my thoughts going in were to separate the spots where we could glean a little bit more certainty away from the ones that carried greater risk than I thought the field was giving credit for. Um, I singled out the Rams uh, and the Buccaneers with your help, obviously. Um, you put me on those that stack, and that was uh, one of the reasons why I didn't just lose all my money this week was because I overstacked that game. Um, those were the two of the blowout games where I felt very confident in the fact that we could one expect the offenses to remain rather, um, aggressive deep. And we didn't see that for Tampa Bay. They scored like three points in the second half. So that's a different story. But, um, and then we, with the other game with the Rams and the, and the lions, I thought that the, the lions would push the Rams to remain aggressive. And we saw that, you know, their first drive for the lions, they came out, they, had a fake punt. They had all kinds of stuff going on. Um, they went for it on fourth uh, down in their own territory. It was fake exactly two punts. Yeah, it was exactly what. No, they. Yeah, they. No, they. They faked a punt and they. Uh, onside they faked two of them. They onside they threw a the pass and they and they ran. Yeah, so that's exactly why I was confident in the Rams this week. Um, I, I I felt like that game had uh sorry to interrupt but the, i i felt like that game with goff uh coming back home uh, and and the and the and you know and there's a few things that go into it i mean when when you've got a bunch of teams with totals between 17 and 21 and they're two touchdown underdogs um what really the main thing for me on the lions is that they have such a tight distribution right yeah. so if you play a a, a stafford stack you know, you, you get that tight distribution coming back. And, you know, I, I really wanted to do a bunch of Brady Evans, Godwin lineups and bringing back the Tampa Bay defense instead of the, uh, one of the bears, but I was having so much trouble picking with my, I had a lot of trouble with increases this week on the optimizer. And I don't know why it was leaving guys out and I was running late. So I just, uh, eliminate, you know, I turned them all into at least one of. So I had a bunch of uh, uh, Brady lineups with um, a bear. And then I also had 15% Miles Sanders and 23% Josh Jacobs. And between all that, um, I didn't get the result I had hoped for out of getting. The, and that's the frustrating thing when you do get it right and you still don't get the payoff. Yeah. So I basically, I Saturday night and then into Sunday morning, Dante Pettis was really the key that unlocked the slate for me because he was the one value piece um, at the wide receiver position where I felt highly confident in his targets and the X, the possibility of 20 to 25 points. And to me, that really opened up the slate. Well, what did that unlock for me? That unlocked for me being able to play Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, and Derrick Henry on the same lineup. And I thought I was going to wow. be extremely, uh, and this was my single entry. So I thought I was going to be extremely like, nobody is going to have this. Um, I was going to be single extremely entry. unique. Yeah. Single, single, single. I actually, I ran two single entry lineups that were different and I ran them in obviously different contests, but 
Um, so yeah, so I don't know where the where the joke two pun pack is. In, two pack envy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two pack like my abs. Right two pack, two pack, two pack envy like your abs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, it was obviously I felt highly confident in Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill, and we know how that worked out, and that kept me from a from a pretty nice week. Yeah, I I I was just frustrated because I really felt like I had nailed it. You know, Justin Fields takes way too many turnovers and everyone was saying well you know them being behind is going to open up him and his receivers and I thought to myself well what if it just opens up you know like this guy might just be legit bad at this point you know what if it just opens up turnovers and interceptions to go with sacks uh, which I was pretty confident they would get four or five, even though the Bucks haven't been getting a lot. And I got everything, and the Bucks had a, a, a tr- you know. Anyway, it, it was frustrating to get to get it right. And and I, I one thing you know we talk about our process, and I switched to two hundred and fifty lineups and or two hundred lineups. And by the time I'm done making them, I don't have the time to prove them. Yeah. And. And and you know by the time I wait for the late news and I'm I'm do, and and you're having trouble getting the optimizer to spit out you know the ownerships that you want and it, you know what that's the big difference between this year and last year for me is last year I'd make 80 90 lineups and I might not proof every one but I would go through and I would look at each one and look for correlations and look for you know just to make sure I thought the lineups were good that you know that the optimizer gave me. And, you know, when you're mixing up a bunch of defenses, you know, oh, I could afford this defense that I feel better about. Um, Anyway, so that is one change that I'm going to be doing. Um, I think I'm going to cut back this week to about 100, 150. Part of it is financial because I haven't been doing good. But part of it is I want to see if I can just uh, get my hands around it a little bit better. Yeah, I think that's smart. If if you are feeling like a part of your process is lacking because of time constraints or because of, you know, you're overstretching and not being able to proof lineups, I think that's a very optimal way of approaching the fix to that situation for sure. Pricing was real tight this week, Mark. And so the best plays on paper had ownership lower than we thought. One of your key advices you already talked about a little bit was to pray, play Henry with Hill. Now, obviously, as you mentioned, it didn't work out like you hoped. But any regrets on the strategy from a uh, game theory perspective? No. And I thought pretty long and hard, no pun intended there, about this Um because it was such a a stance, a heavy stance to take on this week. And looking back, if you were to present me the same slate over, um, exactly same scenarios and everything, and tell me going in that Tyreek Hill would be 11% and Derrick Henry would be uh, sub 20% ownership, I would approach it in the same way. Um, just because those two guys were far and above the top plays on paper in a vacuum on the slate. Obviously, Derrick Henry from like the three yard line throws a touchdown pass instead of getting rushing touchdown. The very next drive, he gets stopped and loses a yard from first and goal from the one. Tannehill gets the rushing touchdown. And then the game environment just gets out of hand and they don't need to feed Derrick Henry 30 touches. So that whole like the Chiefs just falling flat on their face for whatever reason uh, basically affected more than just Tyreek Hill. Uh, and so 
But yeah, that was probably, you know, like a 3% outcome. Uh, you know, that game environment would be that way three times out of 100. And I will take the ownership that we got on those two in particular all day. Yeah, I will go over my quarterback sheet right at Mark and I couldn't hook up yesterday. So you're getting this a day late. Um, right after this, I will also do my video and I'll go over my quarterback sheet. Um, but I had 21% uh, between the quarterbacks on the uh, 15 Brady and six fields, just in case fields did well, even though I wasn't feeling them. Um, I had uh, 7% to a, um, and I was um, even weight. I, I, you know, at first I was under on Mahomes Tannehill, but I, I went to even weight, which again did fix the hole that I promised myself I would fix that I would be either even or under. Um, and I was uh, 25% on Stafford and Goff. And what really kicked my uh, my tail this week also is I had a lot of DeAndre Swift. I had a lot of that game. And basically, I was 23% on Cup, so I, I didn't go under as much on him as I had been, and that was a good thing. And I, I, I liked Mike Evans more than Godwin because he was more money. And I felt that everyone would play Godwin, but Edwin Evans had just as good a chance of crushing. So I, I, I got a lot of things right. And what what really kind of killed me was uh, that last drive before the two-minute warning, it was like five minutes left, and Goff has Swift wide open around the 17-yard line. He's definitely getting a first down, and he's probably carrying it to about the five-yard line. If And then he throws a pick in the end zone, a, a, a total Jared Goff move. If he had just dumped the ball off the Swift – you know, when you get that close, you know, every point you get can like raise, you, you know, when you get down to like 150 and 200th place in tournaments, it doesn't take a lot of points to really start getting into good money. And um, that and then, of course, after that, the. um the, the Rams just basically tried to run out the clock and weren't aggressive. And uh, but that 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 really hurt Mark. That, that 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 was kind of tilting. Yeah, for sure. And that's just one of those like this is football, man. Like anything can happen on any given play. So it's it's tough when you're watching it transpire and you're in a position like that for sure. Well, and when you put your money behind a guy you know isn't very good, right? And that's something, you know, I kid you about it, but it's something that I've been talking to you about. And you do have to, you know, you can't just play all the expensive quarterbacks. It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. It's not good if in an MME. All right. So it was an odd. Uh, it, it was also an odd week as a plethora of injuries at running back. I know hurt me and skewed my results. But in general, for the first time in a few weeks, the chalk didn't hit other than Cooper Cup. Um, Mark, your thoughts on the chalk not hitting and it's still being a tough week. Yeah, I mean, uh, just looking at the week, it was a haves and have-nots week. Like, there were very few running backs that scored over 20 fantasy points. There were very few wide receivers that differentiated. Like, if you didn't have um, Chase and if you didn't have Cup, you were not threatening for a tournament, and it would have been difficult to cash even. So um, throw Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in there as well. And that, in that, you know, kind Mike of Evans, three touchdowns. Yeah. The, the separators at the position. Right. And right. like, so it, it was a very haves and have nots week. And that was and, almost and, across and, the board. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, and that just that kind of makes it like a week where you're going to see increased variance in your results. Like you either smashed or you didn't, you crashed and burned. Yeah, and and I took Damian Harris out of my player pool because of the uncertainty. And then again, because I'm so busy the last hour, hour and a half, when when Ramondre was announced out, I already had most of my builds done. And I'm like, oh, do I really want to do them over just to get, you know, a chance that Damian Harris gets in? And the answer was no. Um, so um, that's something I can work on. But he was really the differentiator at the running back position. Josh Jacobs, who I guessed right on, was on his way to a fabulous day, but you know, injuries happen. It's the NFL and you just take your ball and go home. <laughs> yeah. Look at actually talking about the Patriots too. Like who knew like a Patriots triple running back stack would have been like profitable. It would have been the nuts. <laughs> you could have played all of them. <laughs> yeah. Your leverage spots were the bears and Tyler Johnson um, in your write-up. It, it, did you end up using them um, and um, in your way in your uh, you know I know you mentioned Pettis um, and you did mention him in the write-up too but you also mentioned Tyler Johnson and the Bears I used so I mentioned that I had two single entry lineups my second single entry lineup was a um, Tom Brady Chris Godwin Tyler Johnson uh, game stack or team stack so I did use Johnson. I only had him at uh, 20%. He was in one of my five lineups this past weekend. Um, and I came off of the Chicago wide receivers in favor of 40% um, Cole Komet. And my reasoning there was we knew that Chicago was likely to see an increase in pass attempts. And there was nothing in the profile that basically said, they were guaranteed to go to Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Um, so I went a little additional variance and said, basically, um, I'm just betting on a, the lowest owned pass catcher, basically, in that offense. Um, and I did not play fields at all. I played, um, I played Brady. I played uh, Tua. And I played... Um, Stafford. Stafford, correct. All right. So for me, I think that that was good strategy. And and here's why. You're betting on a, a, a suboptimal play to, to hit, right? Why not do it with Cole Komet at a position where we're, you know, there, there just weren't a lot of good plays, right? There were a lot of good run, wide receiver plays, but there weren't many tight end good plays. So I think from a process standpoint, Mark, I think you probably did the right thing. Yeah, I was pretty happy with the decision-making process on Sunday morning, which compared to probably three out of the last five weeks, I had not been happy with my decision-making process um, on Sunday morning. And I actually added a step to my process late week this week, and that was re- listening to the um, podcast from Saturday. And because it's very hard for me to take my own notes um, from what comes out of that podcast and talking things through. And then it, it, it was a great benefit to me to be able to listen to that back and um, get some of those thoughts on paper, think them through a little bit heavier, and then make the decisions. Hosting is not as easy as people think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you're basically the host. 
Yep. Yeah. And you got to be thinking about steering, directing the conversation, you know, what, what to cover next. We won't get into all that because it really is, doesn't matter. No, but people, Um, people like, people like our banter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so I, I added that to my process this week to, to be able to just like listen to the thoughts that were coming out real time and be able to get those on paper, think them through a little bit more. Um, and I think that that led me to being a little bit sharper in my kind of late, late week decision making process. Both you and JM were hot on the Falcons and Dolphin game, and it did have some good uh, scores. Thoughts? Um, I know JM was more on the Matt Ryan side. Um, I, after long and hard thoughts, I, I had Tua at over. I had him even. I had Ryan over and Tua out. I finally decided that you know what, I'm going to take that game a little, I want to put more eggs in the, uh, what my overall strategy was to play a good bit. You know, I had a good, I was over on Kyler, over on Stafford, over on Brady. And so basically what, and I was way under on Lamar Jackson. I had no Joe Burrow. I was way under on Hertz and Carr. What I wanted to do was I wanted to take those, um, and I think this is a pretty good strategy. I'm interested in your thoughts. I want it to be even or under on the on the the big game. And then the other, you know, the 33 point uh, spread for Stafford, I mean, point total for Stafford, 29 for Brady and 32 for Kyler. My thought was, if all we if just one of those three teams, the against uh, the other quarterback, keeps it interesting the other team is able to keep it interesting it will it will really pay off to have that quarterback you know kyler was supposed to have six percent ownership i put 15 in brady was supposed to have five i put 15 in stafford was supposed to have like 12 i went 18 so my thought was mark you know take a shot that one of those games the opposing team could push it to a 70 point game it didn't happen but i am okay with that decision I, I i think it wasn't a bad one your thoughts no i agree because what are you basically doing you're overweighting the field on good offenses that are expected to already score Correct. points and if if they're pushed to remain aggressive then they're obviously have the chance to score more points so i i like that a lot um Yep. Going back to going back to like what you're saying about the Atlanta and Miami game, I basically on Sunday narrowed my exposure to that game to one-offs, um, and my one-offs were the tight ends, Mike Asiki and Kyle Pitts. Um, those were the only two that I felt strongly about um, being overweight the field on. Yeah, I. Uh... I, I, I forget exactly what I had on Gasicki, but I, I had some. Um, and I was definitely over on Kyle Pitts. I, I, I forced at least 15%, I think it was. Hold on, let me pull up the optimizer. Yeah, and he was um, only like 5%, 5 to 7% owned. Yeah, let me see. Let me see what I did at tight end. So because I keep it so that I can see what my total. So I was big on Kyler, uh, Tyler Higby. So I had 20% Higby. I had 20% Ricky Seals-Jones, 17% Ferkser, 13% got – wait, where's Pitts? I know I had Pitts. Huh. I know I had like 18% Pitts. Uh, I just don't think it's showing it to me. Hold on. 
Maybe that was just the last run. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next subject since I'm obviously tripping over my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, we talked about the Rams over stack and I had plenty of Rams. Um, I talked about that. Um, I was just going to bitch some more about Jacobs and Sanders. Um, we're not going to do a lineup this week. Mark and I are behind. And as I mentioned, I have another podcast to do. Any other big picture thoughts, Mark, on uh, last week and that you want to take forward to this week? The two big thoughts for for myself were the addition of my late week uh, or the addition to my late week process of re-listening to the podcast was a good boost to my decision-making process. So I'm going to adapt that and keep that going forward. And the other plus I think that came out of this week, even though it wasn't a highly profitable week was basically narrowing down and picking through the, the slate as a whole with particular attention to the games with large spreads and being able to single out what the best situations um, of those teams was uh, particularly this week with Tampa Bay and the Rams. Yeah, I, I, I think I covered a few of the things that I want to continue and improve on, Mark. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, let's uh, let, let's get them. I mean, I've never had a six-week losing streak in NFL, so I'm in uncharted territory. Oh, we didn't talk about our results. So I lost. <laughs> it's six weeks in a row. Um, I'm ready to poke my eyes out. And I'm hoping for better this week. So that um, I, um, what, what were your results? Basically, break even. Uh, I think I lost like twenty dollars. So that's like a, I won't say what percent of my weekly play that is, but yeah, it was it was a basically break even week. Yeah, and and I can't complain because I made the decision not to play single entry. I haven't been doing it most weeks. Um, I haven't been playing cash. And I'm I'm really trying to be contrarian to win a tournament, so it's not shocking that I would have six weeks. You know, well, if I won the first week, and then yeah, six weeks in a row of of either being on, you know, being under in one form or another. Um, hopefully, I'm able to put it all together this week, Mark. Yeah, for sure. And I think this what we're doing here is going to be paramount to that. You know, going through the process. And and hammering on what is working and what's not. Yeah, owning our own, you know, poop, as it were. Um, I, I, I think that's important. And I hope you guys enjoyed this show. And I am going to put out my video next. Mark, I will see you next week. Yeah, brother. Good luck, guys.